Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Culture Club. We're talking about food on Culture Club this Thursday. Again, full disclosure, I am an operator of an F&B establishment. And F&B establishments have been working hard over the last few years to keep our business running. One way to do this is to have pop-up stores all over Singapore. But how feasible is the idea of pop-up stores for F&B establishment? And would it be a good idea to do it in the long run? Is it more cost-effective versus opening a permanent store? Now, these are some of the answers I want to know as well. So on the line with us now is Chia Kai Chow from Brother Bird Bakehouse. Hello, KC. Hi, Timothy. So, How are you? I'm good. Uh, getting <laughs> hungry looking at uh, what we're going to be talking about <laughs> this afternoon. KC, tell us more about Brother Bird Bakehouse. Uh, yeah, Robert Big House, we specialize in croissants Ooh. for now. Yes, we are going to increase the range in, in time to come. More bread stuff, but in short, it's just a big house currently. Yeah, we hope it's a localized one for the flavors of Singaporeans. You can't just say just a bakehouse. A bakehouse is very, <laughs> a bakery is very important. We all start our day with pastries and croissants. <laughs> all right. So now, as you were saying, you want to introduce more of a Singapore flavor to your pastries. How are you going to do that? And what are the flavors that you're thinking of? So currently, we have been in business for about mm-hmm. three years. Yeah, so we strive to try to bridge the gap of like pastries to Singaporeans through launching more flavors that is like something that they can imagine, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, back in those days, croissant is not so much of an influence compared to now. So we try to bridge the gap with creative flavors, something people can link up with like muachi, you know, like Chinese New Year, have brown sugar, nian kao, right. things like that coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the direction that we are taking to to let more people know about the the French pastries that we are specialized in. So when you're talking about introducing these local flavors into our French pastries, are you thinking of fillings or the whole uh, pastry tasting uh, like you know? Yes, yes. Uh, as for the ingredients, we try to actually be a little more localized. We are thinking at first, you know. The Southeast Asians, we are more accustomed to having pastries that's like sticky, chewy, like kueh, right. mm-hmm. things like that. So we actually play around with the idea of putting in homemade pochi pieces into the flaky croissant so that it creates this like crispiness and this chewiness all together and something very easily imagined, you know, by the Southeast Asian uh, communities. We think that's a good way. And also feelings-wise too, something like for now we have sometimes we have osmentous oolong, you know, Chinese style. And then we have uh, mango sticky rice, Thai, we have strawberry daifuku. And all of these are things that, you know, inside there is a, a piece of mochi will be inside to resemble these different pastries from Southeast Asia or even East Asia, you know. Listening to you talk about this, uh, it's great to have all these fusion flavors, Casey. But let me just play the devil's advocate here. And there are <laughs> purists out there who would like their French pastries to remain just mm. that. Like a plain croissant, a pain au chocolat, that's all. Yes, yes, we do have that. We do have that. We have a big range. We have uh, 15 flavors currently. And half of it is something that we play with the flavors. And another half will be something basic, you know. So we try to let more crowds know about the pastries and our brand through the more localized one. And then slowly, I can, we can see the pattern that they are transiting into okay. the, yeah, the, the basic, the dailies, you know. We see the pattern coming in that way. Okay, let's talk about your operations now. You have two outlets, Hey, yeah, currently two, correct? Okay. And what are the challenges, though, in opening, you know, an F&B, a bakery like yours and having two outlets here in Singapore? 
Actually, the challenge is definitely very different from one shop transiting into two. But I would see that from two to three and four, it would not be so much of a difference. Mm-hmm. But uh, we just overcome the first step. The first step, which is having a production kitchen, you know, and then have to worry more about the logistics mm-hmm. side of the business. And then maybe are they going to still be fresh when they reach the final venues or retail, etc. Yeah, that's the bigger problems that we have not met in the from the start of the business. We did not foresee that we have to deal with these kind of problems moving on, but mm. we have reached that problems also, and it's getting easier as we go. Yeah. So we did talk to somebody from the FMB industry as well, telling us a couple of weeks ago that getting into the FMB industry in Singapore won't make you rich unless you scale up and you have more than one or two outlets. Do you agree? Yes, yes, definitely agree. To survive even, you know, just, to survive. just making money, you know. <laughs> I think that we have to have the idea of growth in the business plans because, right. uh, you know, the, the people who work for us, they are looking for growth too. We are not big corporates where there is like career mm. paths or ladders, you know, but we have to grow in order for them to grow with us too. So it's just like any business, but it's just slightly different in, in this sense Right. that, you know, we have to, as a bakery, we have to think of growth. You know, it's, it's ironic yet. It's true. <laughs> and yet at the same time, or all all of us uh, in the FMB industry, myself included, are facing oh. severe manpower challenges for a long time now. And for an operation like yours, we cannot really automate. I mean, making a croissant, you can't really fully automate this, right? Yes, we can fully, but we can partially, of course. Partially. With, uh, machineries, yeah, partially. And but yes, you need uh, a specific skill to make a good croissant as well. Yes, it takes time to train also. And, <laughs> and yeah, exactly. people come and go. So how do you <laughs> overcome these manpower challenges or what do you do? I want to know too. We really have to constantly grow the business so that we can pay enough. Mm-hmm. That's the important part, yeah. So one pressure and also one motivation to keep growing, right, is really for the employees who stuck with us over the years to really grow with us in terms financially and also, you know, uh, physically mm-hmm. and mentally in all aspects, yeah. So the the idea is growth, yes. Now, you also have pop-up stores that you have put up in the last few months. Why are you doing this? For the pop-ups, right, we were approached by several organizations or malls to try to bring the presence to all these malls, you know. For them, it's just they want more diverse in the food products and also Mm -hmm. food flow. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's really marketing and also branding, you know. We don't think that we are there enough. In terms of the brand, we really want more people to try the products and give us more feedback before we really, really go in to the physical outlets around Singapore. Yeah, so we are still in that phase currently. Okay, now the challenging part of having pop-up stores. I, I mean, are there uh, regulations that you still need to comply with while you're doing all these pop-up places? Yes, definitely. It's the same old regulations that Is we have more to challenging? go through. Uh, actually, it's roughly about the same. Okay. It's roughly about the same, but the process of like, Tearing down, putting up, yes, that part is the challenging part. Right. <laughs> that part is the challenging part. Yeah, but how about food handling? When you have a pop-up, I can just imagine you don't have a place easily accessible enough to wash your hands, for example, before serving oh, and things like that. Definitely it has to be in place, or this place, all okay. these things, and it's set up by the mall, usually. Okay. And does that yes. add an extra cost to your pop-up operations? Currently, it's about the same. You know, mm-hmm. it runs the same way as how we take a physical store. Okay. Yeah, the electricity bills, the water bills, they are run the same way. 
Okay. More or less. So what's next for Brother Bird Bakehouse then, KC? Expanding outside of SG, perhaps? For now, we're still working in Singapore. We're going to go into the neighborhoods, of course. We just take the first step into Tampines 1 currently. Mm-hmm. And we want to see how the response is. But moving on, we really is looking into the malls, really. Right. And also expanding the product range to have more daily products, like what you say, the daily things that people will not get tired of. Mm-hmm. And then maybe a lower price range to deal with the daily purchases. Yeah. So we're idea. going to expand that, yeah, into bread stuff, perhaps. Yeah. All right. And how do you keep your croissants crisp in this kind of humid weather? Ah, uh, We have to <laughs> bake them in small batches and ah. we have to diligently deliver them in three batches, four batches, five batches. You know, if we need to, oh, <laughs> that's right. the only trick. Keeping that's it only fresh. Trick. Yes, keeping it fresh. All right. Casey, thanks for joining us here. That is Cha Kai Chao, owner of Brother Bird Bakehouse, joining us here on Drive Time. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app, that's A-W-E-D-I-O, available on Google Play or the App Store.